0: The Hello Rookie Podcast. I am the host, Chris Lawless, and in this video, we're going to be talking about the DraftKings Week Two slate. Uh, this is the main slate. Uh, we've obviously already missed Thursday, but um, not doing a Saturday night one. Um, for those of you that missed our Week One picks, uh the actually the picks from Saturday Week One took down several of the GPPs from the main slate of last week, and we did pretty well on the Thursday as well. So, uh, if you want to go back and check those videos out there on the channel. Also, the article is up on the website, hellorookie.com, for Week 2, DraftKings and FanDuel. You can go back and take a peek at our Week 1 articles as well. Um, Okay, so 10-game slate for Week 2. Highest implied totals, Michigan 45, Clemson 41, Illinois 40, Missouri 38, Ohio State 37, Iowa 35. Um, Overall, it's kind of kind of an average slate in my opinion a lot of lopsided games i think ohio state cincinnati will be entertaining and obviously the big one is clemson texas a&m that was a great game i watched that game back um last night last season's game um great game obviously uh we didn't see a lot of trevor lawrence in that game but kellen mond really um did a number on them last season and obviously jimbo fisher is kind of you know, given how much success, I think Mon threw him for, you know, almost 450 yards or over 450 yards in this game last year. Um, I think Jimbo's kind of figured out that Ven- will, uh, Venable's defense a little bit, or, you know, he seems to have cracked the code. Uh, and obviously last year's group was, um, you know, every Clemson defense is going to be talented, but last year's was, um, particularly special. So we'll see how this goes this weekend. I think that game's going to be really fun to watch. Um, Okay, so jumping into our picks for this week, obviously you see it on the screen here. QB1 for me, Trevor Lawrence. Um, This Texas A&M secondary is a mess. They lost seven starters off this defense from last season. That was a defense that gave up an opponent QB rating of over 150. Um, They have the sixth-ranked rush defense in the country, so I think there's a chance that they at least somewhat contain ETN, unlike what happened last week against Georgia Tech where he broke off those long plays and really bit into – um what Lawrence's ceiling was for that that game. So I think they somewhat contain ETN, but I think Lawrence is going to pick them apart. Um as I mentioned, one of the worst pass defenses in the country last season. Um so a good chance that, you know, Lawrence goes crazy on him here and in he's a quarterback that has always shown up for the big games. You look back to what he did in the playoffs last season, uh 350 yards and three touchdowns against Alabama and um 330 yards and three touchdowns against Notre Dame. So um big-time player in a big-time game here uh i like uh even at even at his price tag you know he's not somebody i would stack um it's kind of hard to figure out what receivers in in you know we were um we were on overton last week just because he was a, a minimum play and got the or minimum price play and he got the start um and it's kind of frustrating to watch the clemson receivers because they will do mass subs they'll give their you know their second team receivers an entire series and, and not play higgins and um, uh, the starters for, for a whole series. And, and, but anyways, uh, I'm, I'm not looking to stack any of the receivers there. I think there's other high end options at receiver that are, are better choices than, uh, Ross or, or, uh, Higgins. So, um, okay. Second quarterback that I like, um, in this slate is Elijah Sindelar. Um, Elijah Sindelar for those that aren't familiar with the player. I mean, I think he's won the Purdue job. This is the third year in a row he won it. Um, He tore his ACL towards the end of the 2017 season, played on a torn ACL, won a bowl game on a torn ACL, um, had surgery, and then it was really just too soon for him to come back, but he was named the starter in camp. Um, Last year, ended up getting beat out eventually by David Blau, who now plays – he's on the Lions roster. Um, So Sindelar can play. um, And, I mean, the biggest thing here is Jeff Brom's system – uh, if you look back to what he's done since he got there, if we just let, let's just look at what um, Blau did last season um, in the ten games that he was the starter for Purdue, um, three hundred and fifty-eight passing yards per game, and that's a stretch of ten games that included Michigan State, Iowa, Boston College, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Minnesota. So some crazy passing numbers there because those opponents were um, some of the better pass defenses in the country, and some some teams there that dominate time of possession so uh purdue quarterbacks have been virtually matchup proof um over the last two seasons uh is a guy that can run it as well so you're you're gonna get some rushing production out of him and this match is, is is ideal i don't i don't think anyone looks at a Derek mason vanderbilt defense and thinks that it's a great matchup but it actually is you look at what they did last season um giving up a qb rating of 134 and over 240 yards passing per game Both in the bottom half um, of college football. And then they lost five of their six leading tacklers in their entire secondary this offseason. So a ton of turnover also on this defensive season. So I think that um, they're susceptible, and I think Braum will find the holes. Um, And then, you know, the biggest thing is, and we'll get to him in a minute, but Rondell Moore is impossible for guys, uh, the guys that Vanderbilt has in their roster to cover. Um, we're talking about uh, Vanderbilt doesn't have a single DB that was in the top 200 of his position in his, his class. Um, so, so not a lot of talent on the back end for Vanderbilt and Rondell Moore is going to be basically impossible for them to deal with. Um, okay. So our next quarterback is Adrian Martinez. Um, so Martinez, uh, obviously was awful in week one, Nebraska just about lost because of the way he played. Um, he's already admitted that he wasn't prepared for the game. Um, the thing that's shocking for me is if you go back to his season, last season, he didn't have down games as a freshman in Scott Frost's system. Um, he had, uh, I think he had 400 plus yards and three touchdowns against Wisconsin, 300 plus yards and three touchdowns against Ohio State, 340 yards and three touchdowns against Iowa. So big games against good defenses. Um, so for him to come out flat uh, last week against South Alabama, I'm, I'm definitely calling fluke on that. And I think, you know, the fact that his price came down to what it is on DraftKings $7,000 this week. Um He's a guy that I'm going to have, you know, either in the QB spot or in the super flex spot in a lot of my lineups. Um, in, you know, the matchup with Colorado, uh, you know, Colorado's new coach, um, Mel, I think it's Mel Tucker is his name, something like that. But um, great defensive coach. Um, the issue that he's facing this season is you're you're starting to see Colorado's defensive numbers improve um, but they're another team that lost almost their entire, I think they lost three out of four starters in the back end, in um, seven out of 11 starters overall on defense. So they're another team that had a lot of turnover um, on defense this season. So I think that they're um, not quite up to the task of dealing with, you know, an Adrian Martinez that is clearly going to be locked in and a Scott Frost that should have his game plan um, should have his team more prepared for this game in Boulder. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely have some shares of Adrian Martinez this week as well. Uh, moving on to running back. I like Sargent from Iowa. Um, obviously this is a matchup here that I could get a little bit out of hand. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, I, what was, Iowa's total, um, 35 or even higher than that. Maybe. Yeah. 35. So, uh, Obviously, they're going to crush Rutgers. Rutgers, one of the worst defensive teams in the country by far, one of the worst football teams in the country by far. Um, In, but I think you know, looking at that thirty-five point total, there's no way that they can get to you know. Let's say the starters only play till the score is you know twenty-eight zero or twenty-eight seven or whatever, and Ferentz tries to run the clock out from there. There's no way they get to that, you know, given the role Sargent has in both the run and the pass game in this offense. Um, there's no way they get to 28 points even without him having that. I think at least 120 yards and two touchdowns. So he's a guy I definitely want shares of, you know, even if he only gets 18 carries against this Rutgers defense, that's going to be, um, for, with his 6,200 points sal- or $6,200 salary, that's going to be at least four X. Um, I think he's got a ceiling even higher than that. Um, so definitely like Sergeant this week. Um, Next running back we're going to talk about is Keyshawn Vaughn. is a guy that I love watching play. Um, I think he's one of the better backs in the country. Um, I haven't looked at any mock drafts for for the NFL draft next year, but he's a guy that I think could definitely play on Sundays. Um, 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. Averaged almost eight yards per carry. Um, so if the Rams draft him, everyone's going to think he's going to start over Todd Gurley. Uh, eight yards per carry, 13 yards per reception last season. Slow start last week. Um, the The – the vanderbilt quarterbacks look terrible to be honest so i think andy ludwig ludwig who's the the oc um there in vanderbilt needs to get on the ball 20 plus times keep the ball away from brahm uh and and cindelar as much as they can because we know purdue is going to put up points here um so i think you could see a game where Keyshawn vaughn who doesn't you know i think he had a couple of 20 carry games last season but for the most part they you know they let the um they go somewhat committee there and don't lean too heavily on him. I think this is a spot coming off a loss that Vanderbilt needs to um, rely on him a little more. So I think you could see him get a bunch of touchdowns and, and, you know, going back to the way he closed out last season, he had, you know, in the final five games, he had uh, 172 rushing yards, 182, 127 and 243. So high ceiling guy, um, great matchup with Purdue who I mean actually I think Purdue gave up 4.4 yards per carry last season so kind of a middle of the road matchup but you know you'd think uh Vaughn and the fact that he averaged almost eight yards per carry in the SEC should be able to move the ball against a a bottom half big 10 defense uh in Purdue so um my last running back pick is probably my favorite running back pick for this slate that's Reggie Corbin Illinois um A guy that uh, I think a lot of people expected to to announce for the NFL draft last season. Explosive big play running back. Another guy that averaged, um, I think he actually averaged eight and a half yards per carry last season. Um, 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns as a redshirt sophomore for Illinois last year. So um, super talented back. um, And finally should get the chance here to be the bell cow. He's not built like a bell cow. You can see. Um, from his highlights that he's, you know, kind of a smaller back, but even so, you know, if he can get to again, 15, 20, um, touches in his, what is, what is a super favorable matchup, um, against, uh, UConn, who's one of the worst defenses in the country. I think, you know, we are seeing a Illinois implied total of 40 points right now, which is pretty crazy for that roster. Um. So if he can get to, you know, 15 to 20 touchdowns against UConn, he's going to put up some insane numbers and bust some big plays, kind of like a Travis Etienne-type game is what I think you can expect from Corbin. And he's only 4,400 on DraftKings, which is crazy. So he'll be in most of my lineups. I I don't know. His floor is super high given the matchup, the quality of the matchup, and the the fact that he, you know, is basically a home run hitter facing a defense that gave up more home runs than anyone else. You know, you look at their rushing yards allowed last season, 350 yards per game um by far the worst in the country. So moving on to receiver, um my number 1 receiver for the slate, uh he's a number one number 4 receiver in our current wide receiver rankings is Rondell Moore. Um obviously love I'm, I, I you know, made it clear super high in this Purdue system. Um the thing Moore has going for him is you know, he's got a coach um that really knows how to get him the ball, how to get him open. Uh Sindelar is a proven capable quarterback. Uh, Derek Mason, you'd think, you know, with the, is, you know, smart of a defensive coach as he is, he should be able to slow down Rondell Moore, but you know, you go back and look at his, um, his season last year, there's just no way you can double team him. He's still going to get open as a true freshman. Um, he went over 20 DraftKings points in nine out of 13 games. He had 11 or more receptions six times, um, last season. So there's, there's just really no taking him away. Uh, I think he's going to do whatever he wants against this young, uh, inexperienced Vanderbilt secondary. Um, and again, you know, total mismatch in terms of talent with with Rondell Moore facing, um, what, what is a reworked Vanderbilt secondary here? Um, all right. So our number two receiver is JD Spielman. Um, for those that haven't seen Spielman plays, another big play guy, super explosive, um, 76 yard punt return for a touchdown last week, basically. Uh, save Nebraska's season because they were about to lose to South Alabama. So, um, But aside from the punt return touchdown, kind of a disappointing week for him, two catches for 36 yards. This is a guy that if you pull up the um, Cornhuskers blogs, uh, a lot of the writers that followed the team throughout the offseason thought that Spielman had a, a legitimate chance of breaking team records this year as a receiver. Um, he put up 66 for 818 yards and eight touchdowns last year. Um, I think he was a sophomore last year, uh, but he only played 10 games. So p- um, pretty crazy numbers for, you know, a f- true freshman quarterback, um, in, in, and a sophomore receiver. He's also got three career, uh, return touchdowns. We saw one last week. Um, and again, this is the, you know, this Colorado secondary, um, not the best matchup on the slate. Not the one that I think guys are going to look at. You know that whatever the number of DraftKings puts next to the matchup there, in 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 right away plug into their lineups. But uh, super high end player here. He can hit big plays. Uh, he's obviously the go to receiver. And I think that this Colorado Nebraska game could actually turn into a bit of a shootout. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Um, number two. Or, sorry number three receiver for for me this week is Tariq Black, uh, from Michigan. Sorry, no highlights for Tariq Black. Of course, the Michigan guy. I miss out on. Um, so first game, first game really back from injury for Tariq Black. He broke his foot as a freshman. Uh, looked like he was he was going to be a you know world changer for Michigan as a freshman prior to getting hurt. Um, last week was the first game that I would say officially looked like he was Tariq Black again. Um, his stat line which was i think four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown something like that yeah four 481 um that came in the first half like right before the first the first half ended he started getting cramps and he didn't get uh i don't think he got another target after that so uh the the issue with Tariq black um and i think he's going to be you know probably be a top 20 draft choice and there's a good chance that donovan people's jones um is also going to be a top 20 draft place. And I think a lot of NFL experts like Nico Collins is another big body receiver for the for the Wolverines as well. And that's kind of the problem is that there's so many mouths to feed in. Um, even last week running that new high-tempo Josh Gaddis offense, uh, Shea Patterson only threw the ball maybe 25 times. So um, it's a lot of mouths to feed without a lot of attempts, especially in a game against Army where I think this is going to get ugly in a hurry when you talk about Army. Um, they're a team that likes to try and dominate ball possession, you know, lean on their run game, hide their defense, because that secondary, the Army secondary is not good enough to keep up with Michigan or a lot of big time programs like Michigan. So they really need to move the ball and dominate time of possession. But Don Brown obviously is not going to let that happen as a defensive coordinator for the Wolverines. So it's just a um it's a nightmare scenario for for Army. So for me, what it comes down to with Tariq Black is whether or not Donovan Peoples Jones plays um, and I haven't actually haven't checked on it today. Um, but if, if, but if people's Jones is active, I probably would fade black and just, you know, kind of ignore the entire Michigan receivers, um, maybe have some shares of Shea Patterson, given how good of a matchup this is. I don't think, um, Dylan McCaffrey is a legitimate threat to Shea Patterson's work. I think McCaffrey is going to have like just some, just some packages, uh, almost like a, a wildcat sort of set of plays for, for him in the Michigan offense. But, um, yeah, overall, you know, if People's Jones is out again, Tariq Black is basically a lock because he's going to be kind of that go-to possession and red zone receiver for Michigan. Um, I think that that a lot of Michigan people thought that Ronnie Bell would be that, but he really was unimpressive last week. So we gave out one more receiver in the um in the in the DraftKings Co- College Football Week Two article up on Hello Ricky, and that was Randall St. Felix. I think he's a solid GPP play. Uh, he's a guy that averaged over twenty yards per catch last season coming into his, uh, I think this is his sophomore year for USF. So him and Blake Barnett have a nice, nice, have nice chemistry together. The issue with St. Felix is, um, you know, you, you had 120 plus yards, four out of 10 games with him. And then the other six games was really, really, um, minimal production. So, you know, he's basically completely hit or miss really matchup dependent, but again, uh, they're playing the Georgia tech, a Georgia tech defense that I think is maybe in public opinion, just a little bit overvalued um, based off of the fact that they held Trevor Lawrence to 168 yards last week. So this is a secondary that gave up uh, over a 150 QB rating last season. And they've been right in that same area the past few season. Another secondary that had a little bit of turnover in the off season, but you know, is also learning a new system with a new coaching staff in place. So, I think there's a chance. Um, this is kind of a get right game. Um, for Kerwin Bell's offense here in USF, uh, get Blake Barnett rolling, get Randall F- St. Felix going. So, I think that you're going to see several targets to St. Felix downfield, and he could hit a couple of big plays here. So, it's another receiver we're looking at. I think he's 4,700 on DraftKings this week. So, okay, that's it. Um, those are our targets for week two. NFL should be, um, for those of you waiting for our NFL stuff, it should be out. I think Joe, Joe's going to jump on here, and we're going to knock out all NFL, FanDuel, DraftKings, Draft, everything here in the next hour. So thanks for watching. Subscribe if you haven't already so you get alerts when these – videos come up because obviously we're kind of, you know, this has kind of been an awkward week because I've moved to a new office and we had a ton of technical difficulties and we're still having them actually right now, but subscribe. So you get notified when these videos get out because they, um, hopefully they'll be, they'll be out sooner than next week, but there's a chance that, you know, um, we can't get some of this stuff out until Friday or whatever. So you want to get notified when it does come out. Thanks for watching.